Hey, this is Joel Kamm, New York Times bestselling author and creator of the number one bestselling iFart Mobile. You're listening to the App Guy Podcast with Paul Kemp. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. This is a very special episode. It's episode 100. Yay! And uh, here we are, uh, the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. A very special uh, episode today. Uh, I feel like uh, in podcast land, when you get to 100, you get a gold badge or a gold watch or something. And uh, I've got something even better today. I've got just an amazing guest who is going to inspire us and is going to fill us with great content. And I've heard her story uh, on other podcasts, and I'm just so looking forward to uh, really digging into her journey. And so uh, on this special 100 episode of the App Guide podcast, let me introduce to you, to you Paula Pant. Paula is the founder of uh, affordanything.com, affordanything.com, and she is proud to have been working for herself now for many years. Uh, It's a really warm welcome to this special episode, Paula. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on your 100th episode. Yeah, no, it's been uh, just a lovely journey, and I'm just so thrilled that we could, uh, you know, finish off the 100th with, uh, you know, recording your episode. So I'm thrilled that you could join me for this special occasion. And uh, so tell us, uh, you know, give us uh, an introduction to yourself. Uh, We'd love to know about you, uh, how you ended up working for yourself, and uh, yeah, then we can pick up the journey from there. Absolutely. Well, in in my younger life, I did what everybody expected me to do. I got a job. I had a the standard nine to five job. Uh, went to the office in the morning, came home in the evening, and and I thought that that was it. But what I I never realized you could actually work for yourself. And when I started meeting other people, I was a newspaper reporter. When I started meeting other people in my industry, other journalists who were working for themselves full time, a light bulb went off in my head, and I realized that working for yourself creates immense freedom because you can be location independent. You can work from anywhere on the planet. You guide your own schedule. You just, you, you call the shots. And so from the moment I figured out that that was theoretically possible, I became obsessed with getting to that point. Um, and it, it helps that I'm a huge fan of traveling. And so that to me was a, a major, um, motivator, the idea of being able to go to to anywhere, to Paris or to Thailand or, um, you know, you name it, I could go there as long as it's got the internet. So uh, well, be careful, yeah. Paula, because you're talking to a bunch of app developers and we've had guests on the show that have had pretty remote locations where they've submitted apps to the app store or they've been doing work online. And so maybe we should have challenge you. Can you improve on working on a laptop on a bus in Peru uh, filled, filled with uh, chickens and uh, various things and uh, getting your MacBook or your laptop out and working? Have you got a better location than that? I have been to more remote locations than that, but I definitely haven't pulled my laptop out on a bus. Um, <laughs> perhaps the most remote location I've ever spent a significant amount of time in is some, some very, very far-flung um, locations in Burma, in Myanmar. And I'm not talking about the capital, Yangon. I'm talking about like really out there in Myanmar. 
those are, those have been probably some of the most remote spots that I've been to for for a few weeks on end. And what inspires you to to do this? Uh, you know, perhaps we can try and get into your mindset and, and what is driving you to just have this fulfilled life. Well, when I had that full time W two nine to five job, the thing that drove I, I loved that job. A lot of people come to me with stories about how much they hate their job, they hate their boss, they have a long commute. I had none of those. I could walk to work. I loved my coworkers. I loved my boss. I absolutely loved everything about my job. So in many ways, I was the least likely person to quit. But the one fact that I could never get over, the one thing that really drove me crazy, was that my entire life was subject to the approval of a higher authority. If I wanted to take a week off, I needed to get somebody's approval to do it. And I totally understand if I have a particular responsibility that I need to fulfill, I can't just go disappear for a week. I I get that. But what I don't and never will be okay with is some arbitrary policy or some arbitrary decision that is unrelated to my deadlines and responsibilities, guiding whether or not I can take some time off or guiding whether or not I can, you know, take the afternoon to go to the dentist or uh, spend a weekend with my family. That, that I cannot just, I just, I can't give up autonomy over the way that I spend the hours of my life. So that was my big motivator. Well, you know, what's lovely about the audience that you're talking with is that we all believe in your story. And we all believe that, you know, there's something greater than uh, money, which is uh, financial freedom or just the freedom to do those things. And so I, you know, personally, what's changed in my mindset is uh, playing my beliefs, reading my beliefs aloud every day. And one of them is that uh, I'm responsible for my own uh, my own security, my own comfort, and I don't have to rely on anyone else, you know, governments or corporations to do that. And I repeat that to myself. Is there anything, any habits that you tend to go through to try and keep this mindset, uh, you know, that you've, you've adopted? I suppose I, I surround myself with a lot of like-minded people. Um, so as all of the listeners to this podcast can probably relate to them, the more that we, you, it's easy to forget that we who share this mindset are actually in a kind of a small minority of of the nation's population that most people really are are attached to the idea of being employed in my social circles i surround myself with, with just like-minded people who are all on board with this idea and so to me it just it seems like everybody's doing it so i'm really into you know surrounding myself as well with the like-minded people and you know, perhaps you've got some advice for us because there are people listening who you know maybe look to their family or friends uh, who have you know 9 to 5 jobs how do you find like-minded people and uh, you know how do you connect with them the internet is an amazing resource so start off by making forming a digital community um you don't have to necessarily be best friends with everybody who's in your own hometown reach out to other people online reach out to bloggers podcasters um go on internet forums and then from there you'll find people within your own town uh you'll find people uh through meetup.com who are really into what you're doing you'll find facebook groups uh, you know, just start by tapping into the broader community of entrepreneurs and from there filter down into your local network. 
Yeah, I've started uh, running a webinar actually on, on the the benefits I've seen by podcasting. And, you know, this is the 100th episode. And what, what's been amazing to me is that the people I've met through podcasting, uh, the wonderful guests like yourself that we've had on, and uh, my network has grown tenfold from starting this. Uh, and But it doesn't have to be podcasting. I guess you could, you're saying it could be forums, it could be meetups, it could be anything, uh, which is which is working the best for you in terms of your networking. Well, so for me personally, I, I'm a blogger. Uh, affordanything.com is my blog. And so I've met a lot of people by virtue of doing that. But I don't believe that that's because blogging is necessarily a better practice. It's the one that I do, and therefore it's the one that gives me results. But you don't need to necessarily be in the limelight in order to get those same results. You could, you can just, I've met so many readers who have reached out to me they don't have blogs of their own, but they're really well connected within these circles because they reach out to other people who are in the limelight. They go to, to meetups and working events. Um, you know, so don't feel as though you need to put your face and your name out there if that's not your personality. You know, I've got to ask. Uh, so when people uh, say, you know, I just can't afford it, what what can you suggest? Uh, you know, in a summary of uh, what, you know, what can what can we do when we we hear ourselves saying, Look, I just can't afford to do that. That that expression, I can't afford it, drives me crazy. In fact, I based my entire blog around the concept that yes, you can. You can afford to do anything. You can't necessarily afford everything but you can afford anything. And when someone says, I can't afford it, they typically mean, I don't make it a priority. You know, when, when I decided that my big dream in life was to travel, um, I met so many people who said, I would love to do that, but I can't afford it. And yet, these same people lived in nice houses, they drove nice cars, um, they wore nice clothing, they ate at restaurants, and then they would say things like, oh, I'd love to quit my job, but I can't afford it. And it just drove me crazy. If you want to do something, make it a priority. Period. End of story. Yes. I, you know, I, I'm just so thankful that we live in this time that we can get inspired by people like yourself by listening to a, a podcast or reading your blog. And yet it was only 10 years ago that we were just uh, inundated with other people's lives and what mass media were throwing down, you know, down the channel. And uh, it, now we get exposed to the, the different lives that we could possibly live. And then we know it's I guess we know we have to make choices in our life. Do we want a big house, a nice car that we can use to drive to a work, a job that we hate? <laughs> or do we want to do something really fantastic with our lives? Uh, me personally, I. I take my whole family and we go and uh, live in Dubai four months a year to escape the UK winter. And we, uh, li we've lived in um, the French Alps and we do, I still run a, a business fr from where, wherever I am. So if I can do it, I, I know that anyone listening can do the same. And uh, yeah, perhaps you could just give us some guidance on some of the steps you took mm -hmm. to become financially free. Sure, absolutely. So for me, there, there are several stages to it. The first one was saving enough money to, to be able to quit my job and go travel the world and, and work from anywhere. Uh, and the steps that I took, while I never had any debt, but if a person who's listening has debt, then the first step would be to pay that off. Um, that gets you to zero. Once you're at zero, the next step is to save up enough money that you have a comfortable cushion such that if you don't have any income producing work for a particular amount of time, 
you can still pay basic living expenses for that time in which you're, you're building your business and you're trying to get those first jobs. Now, how long of a time period should that be really depends on your comfort level. I'd say six months is about the minimum. So have at least six months worth of living expenses built up. If you'd prefer, um, if it makes you more comfortable, stretch it to a year's worth of living expenses. And, and when I say living expenses, I mean basic necessities. So not necessarily living lavishly, not even necessarily living your ideal lifestyle, but do you have enough that you could take care of yourself and any of your dependents? Um, make sure that you've got that, that security. And then once you've got that, you're good to go. You know, uh, you're debt free. You've got a comfortable nest egg and, and then it's time to make the move, quit your job, start building your business, go travel to wherever you want to travel. Uh, those were the first steps that I took. And since that time, I've actually accelerated my financial freedom, um, by starting a business, earning more money than I did in my previous nine to five job and taking that excess money that I've been earning and using it to buy rental properties, rental real estate. And that rental income produces passive income that just, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So now I have even more passive income that allows me to be even more free. And it's just this virtuous cycle. Um, so it, for me, it, that, that's been my journey, you know, one step at a time. Yeah, I just would love to go back to that bit where uh, you're, you're having to make that decision to leave work. Uh, did you have a plan in place? How how long was it, you know, before you just decided to quit? Perhaps you could talk through that part of it, because I know that people thinking right now, uh, you know, what, what does it take? What sort of plan do I need? And, uh, you know, yeah, maybe talk us through that that part of, you know, because I think it's one of the biggest hurdles uh, that uh, certainly I faced, you know, just literally handing in your notice because it is so, so frightening. Yeah. Ironically, ironically, when you hand in your notice and you get a taste of freedom, and you know what this life it could be like, it becomes incredibly scary, the thought of going back to work. Yeah. And that's the, that's the motivator. But take us back to that, that point. Did you plan? How long in advance did you plan? Well, so actually, when I started my first job, I've, I've, only, I've only ever had one professional job, and that was working right out of university. I worked at a newspaper. I started as a reporter, spent a few years there. I became a deputy news editor, and then, and then I quit. And at the very beginning, right when I was graduating from university, I, I wanted to quit. I, I mean, I wanted to travel at that time, but I didn't have any money because I was a student. And so even back then, I had the idea in my mind that maybe I would just work for a few years and then quit my job and go travel. But of course, the longer you're in your job, and especially once you start to get promotions, the harder it is to justify leaving behind everything that you've worked for. Um, and so, but, I, but because I had always had in the back of my mind the notion of wanting to travel, I'd, I'd always been saving. And I'm naturally frugal, so saving money was fairly easy for me because um, I'm just not the type of person who likes to spend very much. So I'd, I'd always been saving. I'd always been debt-free. And the hardest thing for me was psychologically coming to grips with the notion, like you've said, um, the notion of handing in that resignation and feeling as though perhaps this career that you've just built might go down the drain. 
that that more than the logistics, that was the actual hard part, the psychology of it. Um, yeah, and I, I just think hearing your story, you know, can inspire uh, people listening. And I, I wish I had access to stories like this because I think it just becomes a lot easier when you know that you're not alone, that other people have these same feelings, and we all have dreams. And uh, hearing other people go through the, the, the same painful process of resigning uh, and, and feeling like we're giving up a career when actually we're uh, unleashing the keys to uh, just a fantastic life. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, it has its ups and downs, but it's, it's much, much better being free. And I guess you believe in that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, I earn triple now of what I used to make. I, and I, I mean, and that... That blows my mind because when I was quitting, I thought that that I was giving up a career, that I was giving up my income and that maybe I would go live somewhere and be more free but not necessarily make as much. Actually, the opposite has happened. I now earn more than I used to and I just – if someone would have told me that on the day that I handed in my resignation, I would have laughed at them. Well, actually, Paula, as well, the other thing is that you're basing it on, I guess, 2008, where it was pretty good to be a journalist. And, uh, you know, the, the landscape has changed. Uh, the, being a journalist now for a newspaper doesn't seem to be a good career move, for, you know, for a lot of people, uh, just simply because newspapers are, you know, I guess, falling out of fashion. Yeah. Oh, and, it was bad even back yeah. then. That was another psychological barrier to quitting is it was even back then it was so hard to get a job in newspapers that everyone said, well, if, if you quit this job, you're never going to get another one. And uh, that's true. I've never gotten another one. <laughs> and I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were right. They were right. Uh, who, what do people know? Hey, uh, And, you know, it's interesting. I have interviewed another journalist. And maybe should, uh, I should connect you with her. Her name's Rachel Bridge. Uh, it was for another podcast I do called The Entrepreneur Dad Podcast. And she was explaining that... Uh, even though she was a journalist, she was uh, getting the the sense of what it meant to travel and work uh, independently and uh, get paid for speaking and get paid for you know blogging and and uh, consulting and all this sort of stuff whilst she was a journalist. And uh, it's amazing that you know what if you're listening now and you're you're building a skill set, that skill set could be applied in in this new media age. Um, Paula, I uh, this is the App Guide podcast, and we love talking about apps. And smartphone apps. Do you use a smartphone to get through your business day? And, and if so, perhaps you can give us one or two of your favorite oh, apps. Oh, absolutely. I'm addicted to my smartphone. Just absolutely addicted. Uh, favorite apps? Um, well, the, the Gmail app, because I check my email constantly. Um, the Kindle app, because whenever I'm in transit, I, I read. Uh, smart audiobooks. There's an app for that, that app I use a lot. If I'm in a new city, um, there's a, a transit app that I'll use in order to figure out how to navigate the subway system. Um, Pandora, audiobooks, Instagram, Twitter. I'm looking at my phone right now and I'm just sort of <laughs> reading off the apps <laughs> yeah. that I've got. <laughs> it's it's right, right next to you. Well, as, you, as you're looking at your apps, one of the suggestions is we had a guest called Branko uh -huh. Cerny. I've mentioned him before. He is the founder of Square One Mail, which is a brand new mail app. Uh, for Gmail. And he said that on on average, we look at our mail probably about 30 times an hour, uh, you know, our email on our phone, and it becomes overwhelming. And he said he's trying to fight against the um, the, the view that uh, we, we 
keep all emails at the same mm-hmm. priority. And we sh- and so he's he's devised this great app. I certainly suggest checking it out if you're addicted to Gmail. Uh, it's called Square One Mail, and uh, yeah, he's he's really fighting against this uh, addiction to email and and trying to you know relieve the burden somewhat of uh, oh, of email. Fantastic! I will I would definitely check that out. Uh, yeah, no, we we lo- so the other thing we do on um, there was a lot of good apps there. I think I'll certainly keep those in the show notes. So if you're listening, go to theappguy.co and uh, just check out the uh, episode 100 with uh, Paula Pant, and uh, you'll see all the resources to what we're mentioning uh, there. The other thing we like to do is uh, we like to try and understand if you have any pain points in your business right now. If you have any anything that's really frustrating you in terms of running your business, uh, you know, maybe the management of the apartments or uh, properties that you have or just something you can think of that we can try and flesh out an idea for an app. Sure. Um, two major pain points that I have. One is hiring Hiring contractors or VAs who are simultaneously good at what they do, but also affordable. Um, I found that, especially because the type of work that I do is very language-based. It requires an incredible proficiency in the English language, Um, to a degree that that even a lot of Americans don't have. you know, the type of work that I do requires people who are like ex- talented writers. And it's hard to find those people. And when I do find them, they're very expensive. Um, so that's pain point number one. Pain point number two is that there are some countries that I go to where I just can't get very good internet speed. Um, and the more remote the location, the the harder it is to get high-speed internet. And my work relies on on that, so um, there have been times when I've stuck to capitals or stuck to major cities because if I go out into very rural areas, I, I just can't pick up that kind of internet speed. So well, let's tackle those two pain points because that's interesting. The pain point number one uh, that I've actually been uh, one of the past guests. We've been uh, he's been building this uh, platform that uh, is a kind of checklist of potential jobs that people tend to do. And uh, it will have a network of uh, talented, t- talented people in there. So either developers, if you're building an app, copywriters, or various things. And, and they uh, follow these uh, approved checklists and, and post the checklists. And uh, yeah, it may, may uh, have you know, work towards that particular pain point. It's just something I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Pain point number two is, yeah, absolutely. It's incredible how important Wi-Fi and the internet access is. And I think that I agree with you. Not only is connection speed really important, but also just this painful process of swapping SIM cards and trying to get an unlocked phone and then doing a pay-as-you-go in each city because we can't use a global roaming because that's just so so super expensive. Right. Uh, it just seems absur- absurd that we have these very modern phones and we're there. Every time we land in a, a new country, we have to go and buy a um, you know a, a pay-as-you-go sim card and we're fumbling around with uh, trying to get it to a nano because of the iphone <laughs> you know the small sim cards trying to put that in and uh, then register the phone and uh, how do you cope with that when you're traveling around different countries honestly i don't use my phone very much in other countries very much if at all um i use my laptop and uh 
I bring my my laptop and my iPad and use those in most places. And the iPad, really, what I'll do is I'll use that primarily. I'll download documents onto it and review those documents online or offline and typically only use my laptop for internet access. And I know that that's like extremely inefficient, but I haven't figured out a better solution. I have an Android phone. So, um, yeah, it's, just, it's too much of a hassle to try to figure out how to get online and how to get online with my phone and how it just it's just not worth it especially if I'm only going to be in a country for two weeks I'm, I'm not going to spend half a day trying to chase my tail there is the app idea uh, this is incredible so what we need is an app that will go offline irrelevant of what sim card is on your phone and when you go to a new country it will tell you exactly what to do in the airport go to this internet provider register for yes. this sim card it will cost you this much and just give you step-by-step instructions, either in airports or train stations or, you know, uh, popular kind of uh, places where we arrive to destinations and give us a step-by-step instruction of where to go to get the SIM card and make sure that it's offline so we don't need an internet connection to, and it would download, you know, prior to you leaving on Wi-Fi I would love that. I would pay for that. I always get guests to say, I will pay for that uh, on an app. I, uh, is this great? I love this uh this podcast because we have come up with some amazing apps and uh, we just need to build them so when you're if you're listening out there uh please approach paula and uh, create that app and uh, yes. she's your first yes. paying I, customer i will swear to that i will be your first paying customer <laughs> great well we're running out of time so uh, this is the special 100 episode of um, the app guy podcast and just it would be great if we could finish off with uh, just some final thoughts from you paula uh, you know, for those people who are thinking of uh, making a change in their life or perhaps making a step up to their business, w- what final thoughts could you share with us? Go for it. Don't be afraid. Um, especially a lot of the, the type of people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs tend to be very ambitious. And that's a bit of a double-edged sword because if you are an ambitious person, you've probably spent most of your life having having the dreams that society has taught you to have, um, dreams of, of working your way up the career ladder and getting the corner office. And so it, it's hard, especially if you've come from that type of mentality and that type of, of you know, type A ambitious go-getter sort of, of background. It can be very hard to make a move that the naysayers will dismiss as you just being lazy or you just being unappreciative or not wanting to work. What they don't understand is that it's actually the opposite. It's actually you hitting the pinnacle of your ambition and hitting the pinnacle of your willingness to work hard. So embrace that. Well, that, yeah, I love that. That's wonderful final thoughts there from you. Uh, Paul, is there any, what's the best way of reaching out to you for those people that have been inspired by their story uh, how best can we connect with you? Um, go to affordanything.com and you can you can read my articles. You can reach me through the contact form. Subscribe to my site. Uh, I send out new articles one to two times a week. And um, that's just that's the best way to connect with me. Wonderful. Well, um, I fully appreciate it. You, you, you're obviously a fantastic inspiration to, to me, especially. Uh, I know we had a couple of glitches before we uh, started this call and you were just so... Uh, patient and uh, uh, you know you made me feel comfortable so I, I um, 
you know, I'm just so grateful that you were able to join me on this really special uh, episode. So thanks, uh, Paula. And uh, I really welcome you back anytime and uh, all the best with uh, the financial freedom. When you're in London, please, uh, you know, give us a call and uh, we'll hopefully get a meeting. Oh, that would be fantastic. Bye for now. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.